nothing but faith in nothing. I want to put my tender heart in a blender. Watch it spin around to a beautiful oblivion. Rendezvous, then I'm through with you. Welcome to another edition of The Blender here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Now, for those of you who did not catch the show last week, and you might be wondering to yourself, what the fuck is this thing? Well, let me tell you what the fuck this thing is. This is an opportunity for two co-hosts to sit down who haven't talked on the rundown proper in a while and just discuss shit that's going on in the world of wrestling. We don't have a format. This is a free-flowing discussion. We're going to talk the same way you talk to your friends about the shit going on in the world of wrestling. Last week, I was fortunate to sit down and talk to Jeff. We had a great conversation, great talk for about an hour. And uh, Jeff, not here this week, but I do have a co-host. I'm not going to sit here and talk to myself because that would be a shit-poor show. (laughs) Fans, you might have just heard him there. For the first time in a while, I'm getting to sit down and do a podcast with this guy, so I'm excited to see where this goes. Please welcome host of Nitromania, founding father of the Rundown Wrestling feed, Adam is in the house. Adam, how you doing? I'm doing well. At the end, we get margaritas. That's why I call it the blender, right? Uh, um, if you have the ingredients at home, I suppose you could. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to deny you, but... <laughs> Uh, so the point of this show, folks, is I am starting a timer right about now. We're going to try to go about an hour and uh, just bring you an entertaining conversation about shit going on in the world of wrestling. Now, Thank you guys. Trust. Yes, exactly. Uh, before we get into that, though, I do want to remind you, you are still have time to go to rundownwrestling.com and vote in this week's contests for the mm-hmm. hottest WWE female employee. <clears throat> These votes are getting insane. I don't want to. We are have exceeded all of our numbers for this week. Uh, some of these contests have been very close, very tight. We're talking Sasha Banks versus Zelina Vega. That one's been off the hook. I'm, we had today Killer Kelly and Bianca Belair. I don't know who you're going to vote for on that one. <laughs> uh, I had a hard time picking it personally. And uh, Casey Kentanzaro versus who is who did she face this week? Ember Moon. Ember Moon, that's right. Yeah. Three very, very tight matchups, and uh, I encourage and- you all. Sorry, go ahead. And if you'll notice, if you'll notice, if you go to the website now, Troy has done us the favor of including now both front and rear picks of the of the women in question. Yes, so because you get the, the full 360, if you will. Some people's talents are in different areas. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. But yeah, go rundownwrestling.com, cast your votes, join the hundreds of others who have cast their votes in this week's polls. This is a barn burner of a tournament. I'm actually really excited about the way this is going so far. Very, very great feedback for this. Yeah, very, very happy with, uh, as you says, you briefly mentioned how well the votes are doing, how, 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 how just how many people are, are showing up and voting in this thing. Right? Absolutely. Traffic. Really speaks well to our uh, outreach, I guess. All yes, right. So. so now on to the main reason we are here, professional wrestling and Adam as we've talked about on many occasions, his primary focus is on WWE. So we're going to stay there, mostly on this episode. Uh, we'll venture into some NXT because that's also where he is. Um, and, but one more thing before we get into that. We've talked a lot in the past about Nitro Mania. What some people might not know, Adam, you have another show on this Rundown Wrestling Network feed. Uh, relatively new, Making the Great. For those of you who aren't familiar, for those fans who may not know what that is, why don't you fill them in real quick? Well, uh, it was. It felt like it was time for me to jump back into the modern product here on the Rundown feed, as opposed to just 22 years ago WCW. Uh, and so, making the grade was an article that I would post back uh, when we were on QE back in the day, just uh, kind of recapping and reviewing uh, WWF pay-per-view efforts. And so I thought, let's bring that back and let's do all the main roster, so Raw, SmackDown, and the the pay-per-view offerings. Uh, And then also, if you're a member of our Patreon, you can hear me recap TakeOver events and other special network special events as well. But uh, I go through the shows, give each match a grade, give each show a grade, and then give a grade for the week. So just to see how... How how and, and typically how my opinions vary from yours when it comes yes. to the to the main show. No, and honestly, for me, you know me, I love debate and disagreement and discussion and um, all that stuff. So it's it's must listen for me every week because I really like to see sort of where your opinions and mine differ, and they do differ quite a bit, which is going to make this episode quite interesting, <laughs> I think. Um, I know all the rest of our hosts in the feed are sitting there going, "Talk Rousey, talk Rousey." We may get there. <laughs> We may get there at some point because Adam and I have very different feelings on Rhonda. Um, but you are the guest this week. You've come on to join us and help us out. 
So I'm going to do you the honor of allowing you to pick our first topic of the evening. So what do you got, Adam? We can start uh, something we you very briefly talked about before we started recording here with uh, talking about Alistair Black and his uh, supposed goodbye speech that's going around social media. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this this hot new tag team on the main roster of Alistair Black and Ricochet? Um, well, I had another topic later, which we'll probably delve into that, that sort of relates to this. But part of me thinks that the reason – well, I okay, so there's two reasons as far as I'm concerned for this tag team getting sort of the, the mini push that they're getting right now. One, they're teaming up in the Dusty Classic, so they want to sort of put them over as a legitimate threat to win that, um, which I understand. The other being, part of me wonders, this potential injury to Ciampa, which we may, we may talk about later – uh, if that's sort of, they're sort of filling in and taking some of the spot that was going to be Gargano and Ciampa and DIY. Um, that was sort of the read I got from it. I don't know. Yeah, I just thought it just, just seems so sudden to me of all of a sudden, hey, I mean, we, we're going to bring up four guys from NXT and two of them already are slash were slash maybe are again a tag team. So fuck it. Let's just put the other two guys together and. And have them beat the Raw Tag Team Champions, too. Well, and, and part of me wonders if there's there's a reason for that and that will unfold as the Dusty Classic plays out. Because, like I said, they are a team in that thing. We don't really know what the reason for them teaming up in that thing is. Um, usually when they have these makeshift teams, as we saw in the past with uh, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe, there is some purpose long-term booking-wise to it. I guess we'll find out because I do think I, I agree both of those guys should be single stars on the main roster, yeah. and they're sort of being limited by being in a tag team situation. But the other side of it is, by putting them in a tag team, you get to showcase them and still get more of the other SmackDown talent on TV that's limited by the two-hour um, constraint that they don't have on Raw. True. True. Plus, you know, fuck the revival. Yes. Sometimes sometime I find myself, uh, as I'm going through and doing Making the Grade now, I find myself wishing that Raw was the two-hour show <laughs> and SmackDown was the three-hour show. I think you're not alone in that. I think a lot of people would, would think that yeah, way. Wow. I, I sometimes find myself wishing NXT was a two-hour show and everything else yeah, was a one-hour show, but that's just me. Um, yeah. But since we did say fuck the revival, let's <laughs> delve into that because I know you were you were big on that. We sort of had different views based on my take on the rundown this week versus your take on making the grade. Uh, what did you think about the revival suffering their second consecutive loss in on television since winning the titles? I always try to keep a long-term thing in mind. I often fail. I usually fail and just get pissed at on a weekly <laughs> basis as to what's happening on TV. Um, I know. I mean, I said it on, on, when they won the titles, I'm like, I'm very excited that they've won the titles. I'm very excited that making the, that the the revival are the Raw Tag Team Champions. But we'll see what happens next week. And next week they lost to DIY. Mm-hmm. And then next week they lost to Alistair Black and Ricochet. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, come on. See, I, the the DIY one didn't bother me that much because they have they have history. Uh, yeah. they, were, they had a great rivalry down in NXT. Uh, and, and they had gone back and forth and traded pins down there, so that it wasn't that big of a deal. To sort of have your tag champions lose to a makeshift team like Alistair right. Black and, and um, Ricochet is not a great look, I'm not going to lie. I don't necessarily think it falls into the Fuck the Revival category, because they're still on TV every week, which they weren't before. They're still the tag champs, which they weren't before. They haven't lost the titles. And and there's still a ways to go. If they carry those titles into WrestleMania and they get a big win there, mm. all of this is just storytelling. Right, right. By the way, did you know that uh, did you know that Ricochet is from Paducah? Really? I, I, did I, you know I, that? I hadn't heard that. <laughs> that's that's news to me. <sighs> uh, so I don't know if you heard this. Uh, I happened to catch this report actually right before we started recording. Um, there are reports out there that the WWE for WrestleMania this year is planning a, quote, explosive U.S. title match. Um, of course, the current U.S. champ, R-Truth, a favorite of Adams, um, <laughs> leads me to wonder what kind of explosive match we're talking about. Now, I, I proffered this week on the rundown that all of the I'm going to make John Cena proud stuff was the possible foreshadowing of an R-Truth open challenge that will be accepted by none other than John Cena himself. Um, we know John Cena's plan was for Lars Sullivan. doesn't look like that's going to happen as mm. Lars Sullivan continues to 
pretend to be his own social media director on Twitter and then <laughs> delete everything he tweets right after he tweets it. Um, cause that's, that guy seems stable. Um, but what would be, uh, your dream explosive U.S. title match for WrestleMania, Adam? Uh, well, it would probably involve R-Truth losing the title at Fastlane. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. You've got to have a dance break at WrestleMania. Shut up. So many negative points. Um, and then Bobby Lashley can do his favorite pose. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've heard, uh, I've heard a whole bunch of things being thrown around. I know one of my friends on Facebook recently posted like his dream WrestleMania card that it had, had like a, a six way ladder match for the, for the U S title that had, like it had, you know, Ray and Andrade in it and some other folks as well. I think that could be really interesting. If you can keep, I, I, I said it on, on making the grade this week, I, the fact that they did the triple threat between those three guys, Truth and Andrade and Mysterio, and really kept Truth mostly out of the match, I think was the smartest thing they could do because we know how Ray and Andrade can, can go in the ring. Mm-hmm. And so I think, uh, it, That'd be great. But if you're thinking, if you're talking explosive, if you're going to have an explosive match, I think the only thing you can do is, is have an Inferno match, right? Well, I, I, yeah, I guess. It, well, they turned the gas down on those things the last couple of times. So I don't know <laughs> if it's as explosive as it was in its original uh, Maybe some kind, of, some kind of C4 death match like, uh, like Troy talks about in the, at the, in the plugs each week. There you go. Why not? Yeah. Now, in terms of a ladder match, it does seem a very likely scenario. Um, if you're talking six people, obviously we're going to include Truth. <clears throat> We're going to have Ray and Andrade in there, probably Samoa Joe, I'd imagine, um, which leaves two more spots. Who else would you throw in a situation like that? Hmm. Maybe Rusev and Nakamura? Could be. Well, I'd say maybe maybe not. Maybe one of those two. Or do you uh, put Ricochet I, in there? Because that would be a great spot for Ricochet. Sure. Ladder match. That could work, you know, because you know, Kofi's going to be busy with Daniel Bryan, obviously. We hope. So we can't, uh, we can't do that. Um, no, I think, I think that'd be definitely a spot for Ricochet to shine and maybe, well, no, he's, he's on Raw. Hmm. But EC3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only if he shows up and doesn't say anything. Takes off his pants. <laughs> it's been his major accomplishment in the WWE so far. Yeah. I, I really feel bad for that guy. He's, he's gotten such a raw deal and just the worst possible timing with these additional call-ups. Um. What did, yeah. did you have uh, anything else on your list that we can go to? I do. You mentioned it. We talked about this briefly as well. You mentioned it in the host thread, too. They, there are reports swirling around that the next couple of – there's been a whole list of folks who may go into the Hall of Fame this mm-hmm. year. But the, apparently the two most recent, quote-unquote, confirmed ones are Brutus the Barber Beefcake uh, and Tori Wilson. Um, I'm going to guess, guess you take issue with at least one, if not both of those. I guess I guess Brutus had to wait for Hogan to get reinstated before he would be able to get his shot at this, um, and I'm just I'm trying to think of what Tori Wilson accomplished other than her dad dying. And uh, um, do you recall the HLA with Don Marie? Because <laughs> for me, that alone that's, gets that's you. That's, in. <laughs> that's Hall of Fame material right there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So. As far as Brutus Beefcake, it, it, he's taken a lot of shit on the internet over the years. Um, but I think people forget he was a pretty solid performer and, and character for WWE for a long, long time. Um, of course, many mostly remember that he was the one who ended the undefeated streak of, uh, was it Mr. Perfect at WrestleMania? The Undertaker? No, no, not <laughs> The Undertaker. Uh, it was, it was, I believe it was Mr. Perfect, his undefeated streak at WrestleMania, I want to say six? Yeah, with the genius, and he shaved the genius's head, that's right. Somebody get salad here. Yes, WrestleMania six in Toronto. Um, because he slingshotted Mr. Perfect into the ring post, which is, and, and he was knocked unconscious, which is a spot people now just turn into a moonsault. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but Brutus, Brutus was certainly an influential character. As for Tori, she was a big part of that WCW uh, incarnation in WWE, and obviously that was met with not as much success as we would have liked, but she was a main focal point on the WWE. Obviously, clearly women's wrestling was different now than it was then, but also yeah. her her participation in Playboy brought a lot of eyes to the product. Um, so, you know, I mean, 
again, when we talk about guys who get in and don't get into the WWE, my litmus test is Coco Beware. Coco Beware is in the fucking Hall of Fame. <laughs> so if Coco Beware is in the Hall of Fame, it's going to be really hard for me to say something. And the Godfather. It's going to be really hard for me to say somebody doesn't deserve it at this point. <laughs> I know. And I, yeah, there's all these, especially nowadays where it's like, we got to have one group, right. one guy, and one lady, and one tag team, and one dead guy. Yeah. You're going to get to a point where at, at some point in your life, anybody who you can name who's been in the WWE is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and that's the problem with that, With especially when you talk about we've got to have one woman every year. There's only so many women that are actually Hall oh. of Fame worthy. And the celebrity. Don't forget the celebrity. Yes, you Kim, know, Kim Kardashian is here. Yes. For no, I'm, sake. Yeah, I'm just kidding. That was a rib on Sal. Um <laughs> okay, good. Yes, you yes. scared me. No, that was a rib on Sal. Uh, <laughs> Sal, that was on his latest edition of WrestleMania Salvation, yes. and yeah. I just, as soon as I heard that, I just posted that on our <laughs> post thread that Kim was the Hall of Fame inductee for the Celebrity Wing this year. Um, just to hopefully see him lose his mind, but I think Ever. he was, I think he was still drugged up at the time. So Ever the troll. Yes. Oh, by the way, Sal had surgery. By the way, he just doesn't like sit there doing heroin or anything like that. Just for, well, just for we know of. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what dude does on his personal time. It was it was oxycontin, but it was prescription. That's not my place to judge. You know, <laughs> do whatever makes you happy. I guess. Uh, so yeah, I, I I'm not. Let, let's do this. Who would you put into the Hall of Fame that you think is the most worthy but isn't already in? Other than Owen Hart. Yes, because that <laughs> that's not for that's, lack of wanting. Yeah. Oh, let's see here. Now I have to think. I have to remember who's in the Hall of Fame because I know I know Mr. Perfect is. Yep. Macho Man finally is. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Hart Foundation being the tag team this year. Yeah. I mean, I think I get why people are saying it should be Neidhart by himself because he just fucking died. But you know, but he wasn't known um, as a singles guy. So right, right. No, I'm okay with it. Um, is Pillman in the Hall of Fame? Pillman should be. I'd have to check. We talked about it when you came on Nitro Mania for Super Brawl 6. I don't yeah. know how fucking just amazing Pillman is oh, as absolutely. a character. Yeah. I think that that would be my pick if he's not already in there. Okay. Yeah, and we talked about Heart Foundation as a tag team. For me, one of the biggest omissions is Demolition. Um, they were such a huge part of the WWE's tag team. Obviously, a lot of people give them shit as sort of a Legion of Doom ripoff, but to me, they far exceeded just being a, a sort of a ripoff act. They were, sure. at least from my childhood, the dominant tag team in the WWE. Oh, yeah. And, had, the, uh, had the record up until New Day broke it a couple years ago. Right. And I think the, obviously, Billy D and, or Axe being part of the concussion lawsuit and obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Barry Darso's sort of negative falling out with the company has probably prevented that Hall of Fame induction from happening, but hopefully someday because it is deserving. Uh, and if the situation with China reminds us of anything, it's like let's let's bury the hatchet and get these guys in here while they can accept right. it and appreciate it, right? Um, instead of like waiting until too late. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. I just I enjoyed when talking about that when you were talking about the the host thread, the conversation that you and Sal had a few, after an episode a few probably a month month and a half ago talking about the the specific eras of the of being a fan and how you saw the tag team belts as uh, the demolition belts. And he saw them as the Legion of doom belts. Whatever oh my God. Legion of doom. We had them for like what? Two weeks. I mean, what the fuck dude? <laughs> oh yeah. Sometimes Sal says some shit. Um, <laughs> it just, it, you know, I will say this. Uh, if he had followed WCW, they had a United States tag team championship they back then. So, <laughs> I, I do. He definitely said United States Championship he again. He says it every time. <laughs> I think he's working this because he says it on every episode, and then he tells us he didn't say it. So I think it's just part of a work now at this point. Um, what's not a work, <laughs> despite what the internet would like you to believe, is that Roman Reigns has put his leukemia oh. into remission. Uh, so we saw him return this week. I went into detail on the rundown this week, Adam, but I know this is a huge, probably the biggest story of the week in the world of professional wrestling. Um, obviously, the, the fake rumors, the rumors of the faking it didn't come into play before we recorded on Thursday, or at least they hadn't gone as wildfire as they have by now. Um, for those of you who may not know, Adam, you are a cancer survivor yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously you can speak to this with even more sort of not, uh, not leukemia, thankfully. No, no, but you can <laughs> speak to this with more sort of education than even I can on the matter. Uh, but what were your thoughts on Roman's return, and of course the negative backlash from some members of the internet wrestling community? Yeah, obviously it's the it's the ultimate feel good moment because you want like when when the announcement happened back was it October or whenever it was you know the the first thing that anybody wanted even if you were if you're not a Roman Reigns guy if you are your typical internet guy uh, the first thing you want is for the dude to be healthy obviously you know as a fan as a person I've said it uh, it's the thing that I've said numerous times about John Cena on on the rundown. John Cena the man is a great fucking dude. John Cena the character kind of sucks in my opinion. The same kind of thing, same kind of thing with Roman Reigns. Uh, the dude that he's playing on TV is I'm not the biggest fan of the way that he's been played on TV. But Roman Reigns Joe and I is a fucking great dude, and so you don't want anybody to have to go through that. Um, and I understand people not getting it. You know, when he comes back in four months and they're like, oh, but he still has hair. How couldn't he have had chemo if he still has hair? Not everybody loses their hair. And this is a dude who lives in the gym. His job is to live in the gym. So, yeah, he's still going to look good. He's still going to look in shape. He's still going to look buff when he comes back. Um, But to, to say that he fucking faked leukemia is the dumbest thing the internet has come up with. Oh, because... I don't know. Have you heard of flat earthers or nine <laughs> eleven truthers or? But because do you think? Do you honestly think in this day and age that Vince McMahon could get away with faking leukemia for some for some, one of his top guys as okay. a way to get a put to get a pop or to get a, a sympathy? Do I? No. But again, we live in a world where there are people that legitimately believe that the president of the United States orchestrated the death of 3,000 Americans and not one person who was involved in that massive conspiracy has ever come forward to say, yeah, I was there. It happened. So we live in a world where it's just basically the sad reality of the world we live in is I, I think this happened. Okay. Well, until you prove me wrong, it's what I'm thinking. What's what I'm saying is the truth. But you can't prove wrong something that didn't happen. There's, <laughs> you you can't provide evidence for something that didn't happen. Well, then it's obviously the truth, and that's yeah. how it works now. Um, yeah, it, it's sort of gross. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, first off, Roman's injury, Roman's cancer diagnosis, clearly fucked the booking of the company for several months, which oh, yeah. I don't think they would have done intentionally to themselves. Um, over and above all that, like you said, the complete blowback and destruction this company would face in the wake of something like that coming out. Especially spe- coming coming right off the Saudi Arabia thing. That, and especially in an era where we're seeing companies like AEW come up that could potentially provide an alternative to a fan that was so disgusted by said faking, if that was the case um, in this. Uh, like I said on, on Monday, as far as the return, it was beautiful, and, and I think you spoke to yeah. a lot of that, too. Uh, I found myself, as jaded a wrestling guy as I am, <laughs> uh, I found myself sitting there, like, half-smile on my face, just like, fucking say it, fucking say it, say it, say you're in admission, fucking say it, uh, <laughs> and then got a big smile and, and you know, stood up and clapped when, when he said it, because it's yeah. just, it's some human shit. Like, if you can't feel that, Right. If, exactly. if you've never known someone who suffered through something like that or was had a scare for something like that, you simply you, you can't understand the feeling that that people should have to to an announcement like that. And if you're so fucking jaded by life that you have to go on the internet and try to turn that into something negative, then fuck yourself. Yeah. No, definitely. It's it's a great thing. It's it's awesome for him, it's awesome for his family, it's awesome for the company. I I I understand why they announced that he was coming back because Vince is desperate to get eyes on the product. Mm-hmm. I think it that could have been handled a little bit differently if that had been like a, a surprise thing. Like if he showed up, just showed up at say mania to help Seth win the title from Brock. I think that could have been a huge fucking thing. Um, but I like, I like that the, the way they did it. I, I think I, I think I mentioned it on, on my show. I, I laughed when they came out to save Dean and then just left him in the ring by himself. Yeah. Like, okay, we helped. Bye. Though rumors uh, have it that we're looking at another Shield reunion at Fastlane, which I'm kind of eh, about right now. But 
Well, like I said on, on the rundown this week, if Dean really is truly leaving the company and this is yeah. sort of their last chance to do it, and these three guys came to Vince and said, we want one more run, uh, one more match, one more you know sort of moment together, fucking let them have it. I mean, it's not yeah. like Brock is showing up at Fastlane anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was fine. Um, I, the other to the other point to that Seth interaction with with on Raw with Dean and, and Roman, my favorite part is Seth comes out, stands at the top of the gate. Roman comes out, stands at the top of the gate. And then there's that moment where Seth looks at him and he's like, "Should we do it? All right, let's do it." And then they walk down and help <laughs> Dean. Uh, so that was kind of funny that that little just sort of nod of, "All right, fine, let's do it." Um, so, yeah, but uh, now that Roman is back, and like you said, it looks like we're in a Shield tr- six-man tag, for, or maybe even eight-man tag, potentially, uh, for Fastlane, it obviously begs the question, where do you slot Roman in at WrestleMania? Right. Um, obviously, I'm assuming that Vince is going to strip Seth Rollins of his title match at WrestleMania <laughs> and assign it to uh, Roman Reigns, since that's just oh, Vince's wow. gimmick these days. <laughs> um, but, no, uh, if we're sitting here fantasy booking WrestleMania, what do you do with Roman Reigns for WrestleMania? That's a damn good question at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even know. Like, uh, I was gonna, I was actually gonna have that was kind of one of the topics on my list was Vince's new Vince's new gimmick. Uh, I think because because you guys mentioned it on the show how how many ways they could have gotten there differently in the women's title match, right? And then and then he comes out and does the exact same fucking thing, yeah. like almost the exact same promo yeah. uh, to swap out Kofi for Kevin. But yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know what you do with Roman at this point. If you, if you have him in a match or, or, or not, I mean, obviously you'd want him to be in a match. Cause this is the big, this is the big thing, but we're so deep into it now. Like, what do you even, what do you do with him? You can't put him against Finn Balor for the intercontinental title. Right. Um, well, let, let's hypothetically fantasy book Fastlane for a second. They, they do this whole thing where Dean and uh, Seth and Roman ride again with Dean to help him with his issue. What if Dean turns on them again? Mm-hmm. And it's Dean and Roman, and Dean and Roman's the one that gets to put Dean out at WrestleMania, and that's the last mm-hmm. moment for, for Ambrose. Yeah, I have I have heard that in a couple of places. Is it, is it like a, a rumored thing, a Roman versus Dean thing? Yeah. I mean... It does. It, it, it kind of works with what uh, with Dean's complete not give a shit attitude now that he's seems to be out the door on his way out the door, yeah. um, and the fact that they can't decide. It's seemingly in creative can't decide whether to use him as a face or a heel at this point because he'll he'll enter to his face theme and then leave to his heel theme with the air raid sirens now, in it in the, the same fuck fucking was show. That? <laughs> And now I'm really confused because I hear the air raid sirens and I don't know if it's Ambrose or Lacey Evans because this is really starting to fuck with me. <laughs> If I was, what they really should do is have the air raid sirens play, then have Dean in a dress walk halfway down to the ring, turn around, and walk back up the ramp. Speaking of that, uh, I'm hearing things that Lacey's going to face Asuka for the SmackDown Women's title at WrestleMania. You know, How the fuck, given that she hasn't, she's not doing anything, is she just going to walk out to the bottom of the ramp and go, I'm going to fight you, and then leave again? Like. Well, I mean, remember, she was the one that walked out sort of during the Asuka-Mandy Rose match. Now, they didn't play it into the finish, but she did sort of distract Asuka and allow Mandy True. to stay in this. So they, and now they, we have a title match at Fastlane because of that. Right, so. that seed is planted. Now, who will win that Fastlane? Like I say, the answer should always be Mandy Rose. But, <laughs> uh, no, I don't, sadly, I don't think that will be the answer in that particular case. But uh, but more on that on this week's edition of the Rundown when we give you Fastlane predictions. And how uh, can you how can you have a women's title match if the if the challenger won't even get in the ring? Like the whole match is just her walking down the ramp, and it's going to be WrestleMania, so it's going to take forever. Right. She just walks down to the bottom of the ramp and then turns around and walks back. That is the report though that they they view her as one of the the big female acts going forward post Ronda Rousey. Um, this is what they're doing. If you believe that Ronda Rousey's leaving after WrestleMania, as many people do, uh, Lacey Evans. Um, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair are the three big female performers that they're playing on hitching their wagons to. And I, I watched Lacey in the Rumble, man. I, I don't see it. <laughs> I watched her in NXT. I watched her in the Rumble. I don't see it. Um, Vince supposedly really likes the character, yeah. but he's he's always had sort of a hard on for that old vaudeville kind of thing. That's why he wanted the vaudevillains called up, and then it failed fucking miserably. 
Is that um, why she's? Is that why they had her speak with that horrible I, fake accent? That's I, not anything like her real voice. I wouldn't fucking doubt it. I hundred percent. I would buy it. Um, and she's going oh. over the top with it, even on just walking down to the ring and back, and you know, like a daintily pulling her gloves off on the ramp. It's just, it's a really sort of hokey, fucking weird uh, thing that they're doing with her, and I don't really understand the whole point of it. But I, I, I don't. Like a lady. Yeah, I, I don't know how this, how Vince thinks that this is gonna get her over. I really don't. Yeah, seriously. Oh man. And then that one, that one week that they just had her with fucking heavy machinery. Speaking of people who probably shouldn't have been <laughs> called up just yet. My uh, Christ. I mentioned well, it briefly on the show. Their interaction backstage this week, where there, there were Tucker's talking to the Ascension, and then Otis. Oh God! It comes in from the side, but they pull out, and there's just a wall there. So, like, where the fuck did Otis come from? It was it was pre-taped, and you wonder how the fuck that got through Vince backstage. <laughs> how many how many how many of the bad takes do they have to go through right? to get that one to use? Right, there's got to be a blooper show somewhere coming <clears throat> along with just that stuff. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I guess if you're the Ascension, you're still cashing checks, but yeah, you know, seriously, what the fuck? I mean. Uh. <sighs> Longest reigning NXT tag champs in history. Yeah, and just completely unable to think of anything to have them do on the main roster. All right, so I think we need to Especially do this. Especially now that the fashion police are gone. Anyways. I think we need to do this. We're about halfway through our, our blender here. Uh, so I think the other hosts would be mad at us if we didn't do this <laughs> on air. So let's talk uh. Ronda Rousey. Let's talk the WWE Raw Women's Champion, or is she? We don't know. Uh, I guess we'll find out more on Monday. Uh, you've been very critical of Ronda. Um, I've been very much in defense of Ronda. Um, so what is it that you find most sort of off-putting about, about the presentation of Ronda Rousey? Mm-hmm. I don't... Everybody seems to think that I hate Ronda. I don't hate Ronda. I, I was a fan of Ronda when she first came in. I thought I thought for for how long she had been in the business, she was she was uh, beyond where she should have been. My problem was is that since that time, she hasn't really come any further, and I don't think that she is ready for the spot that they have put her in. And I uh, and I know we've we've discussed this in the host thread as well with your your ideas on it, but I don't think that she was ready to be champion. Because especially if she's going against Becky, uh, because Becky is just killing her in every aspect of this of this feud that even she's not even really in at this point because she's suspended. But the whole Twitter thing just pissed me off because Rhonda is not is like trying to break kayfabe without without like. Don't call it fake. You, my, your arm looks like a dick. Like, yeah, but you'd also sold that arm bar on TV for a good 15 minutes while they were beating up everyone else in the ring before you came out. I just, it's just, I don't think she's, I'm just not a fan right now. I, I, I appreciate her and I think she has potential, but I just think it's too much too fast, too much too soon for her. Okay, but so let's let's put it in the context of the situation. If the reports are true, and if she is planning on leaving after WrestleMania and having a kid, um, which obviously would be a prolonged absence if if and when she were to come back. If you're Vince McMahon and you're Triple H and you've got a year of Ronda Rousey and the exposure and mainstream attention that comes with her, you have to maximize that one-year window. And I would say they've done a pretty good job of maximizing that window. They've gotten a ton of attention. And say what you want. And, and I know you're a Becky fan. And I'm a Becky fan, too. And I'm a Charlotte fan. Those women, Becky and Charlotte, and I said it on the rundown this week, if those women are one-on-one at WrestleMania, they're not sniffing the main event. They're not even close. The reason that match will go on last at WrestleMania is an is almost exclusively because of the presence of Ronda Rousey. So to me, that alone makes anything else worth it. Yeah, but I think that's a different argument. That's a se- kind of a separate argument in terms of that. Well, no, but in terms could... of putting the title on her, you had to put the title on her to get to that moment. That moment doesn't exist if Ronda isn't at the top of the heap. 
and able to be in there legitimately with Becky and with Charlotte. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you on that. I just don't think, uh, I just don't think that's that they should have done that. I, I, I understand what you're saying where, you know, it is going to be the main event of mania because of, you know, all the hype there, but it just, I, I'm okay if it's not because I don't, I just, I don't think she should be where she is. And I just, it's, I, I find it unenjoyable whenever she gets a microphone because when she, when they give her a live microphone in the ring, nothing good is going to happen. But nothing good happens when you put a microphone in front of Finn Balor either. And he's been doing it for years. It's just, it's not, some people have a strength as a promo and some people don't. Now it doesn't help. Like you said, to your point that she's, up, up opposite somebody who's on the hottest promo streak of her life right now in Becky Lynch. That certainly makes it stand out more. Um, but to me, and, and the thing that I appreciate, and again, obviously we're looking at this through different lenses um, and different things that we enjoy, and that's perfectly okay. And I think that speaks well to the fan base and the people listening even to this show, that they're all going to view it differently. So I think it's a good discussion to have. We don't have to agree on it. Um, but for my case... The thing I like about Rhonda is she's not cookie cutter. She's not the same thing as every other performer. She delivers it differently. When Rhonda Rousey goes on Twitter and says, Becky Lynch, I don't care what the script says, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. If Lacey Evans says that, I'm like, oh, well, fucking seriously? <laughs> but because it's Rhonda, because it's Rousey, and I've seen her do that to bitches in the UFC, I am 100% like, that could be fucking real. She could legitimately want to beat the shit out of this woman, and that makes it better for me. And I do wonder if part of the difference in our opinions is that I did follow her deeply in UFC, and you're not an MMA guy. So maybe that has something to do with it, too. I don't know. It could be. I, I kind of echo. There's another show that I listened to uh, called called Wrestling Soup, and they were kind of talking about this as well over there. I kind of echo what they're they're thinking on it, where she's calling out this thing that she's doing. She's calling out Becky for being fake, when for the past year she's also been doing this fake stuff, and so it just kind of comes across kind of. This is a difference. Not like a double standard, but kind of like that. And also, I feel like a lot of this comes across to me between the Twitter thing and the the promo on Raw of her. She's to me comes across kind of like a petulant toddler, where she's like, "I'm not gonna get what I want." So you did take, and she's not even taking her ball and going home. She's giving her ball to to Stephanie and then just leaving, and then going on Twitter and saying, "I don't have to be here. I can take my money and go home whenever I want to." The the funny part to that is that isn't that pretty much exactly what Dolph Ziggler did with the U.S. title after he won it not that long ago? Yeah, and that sucked too. Well, it did suck, but it's not <laughs> like. But this is this is a booking formula for them. It's what they do. It's not fair to get on Ronda for bad writing and bad booking. Um, the other thing is, I think they've done Ronda a disservice as far as her promos go, uh, because I think when she's sort of been off the cuff, if you see her in like backstage interviews or her youtube channel where she's just sort of freeform talking she's much better she's much more comfortable much more relaxed and even in that in-ring promo when becky selected her she was awful in the scripted segment she did with bailey prior to her oh match then she went and went the one that at, they had to send bailey out to save her from right and then they went at it and then she went at it with becky and there was anger and heat and vitriol to it and it felt real. And it fucking, the second that promo was over, I'm like, fucking sign me up for these two at Mania. This is the main event right here. Um, so I think she needs to be less scripted. And we've said that about a lot of performers in the past. But I think her even more so because it doesn't, she is struggling to remember lines and to get through that rather than yeah. just re- reacting to what's being said to her. If oh yeah, I mean sense. we can we can definitely both agree that that thing was with Bailey was one of the hottest pieces of garbage that's been on Raw in a good while. Yeah. Um, but even even when she's doing that, when she's being angry, pissy, mean Ronda, it just it doesn't it doesn't come across well for me because it just sounds like she's trying to be. I'm angry. Meh. See, but um, I, but this is my problem with when I, and I understand what you're saying, and I've heard you say that on your show. <laughs> The thing that I take issue with is you don't call anyone else out who does that. When Finn Balor pretends to be angry, it's just as bad. But you and a lot of other people like Finn Balor, so you're willing to overlook it. 
But with Ronda, we're going to hold her to a standard that we don't hold everyone else to. And I don't think that's fair. I think at one year in the business, literally been in the business one year, she's as advanced, if not more, than almost anybody I've ever seen in my years of watching wrestling. No, I think we. I, I, I kind of said that at the beginning. I think that's something that we can agree on. She is, she is definitely further than anyone expected her to be at this point. I just don't think she's far enough to be where they have put her. That's my. That's always okay. been my chief issue. And fair enough. But, but again, as as a fan of Becky, which I know you are, you should appreciate that she is where she is because it's it's. Austin doesn't become Austin without Vince McMahon mm-hmm. to play off of, and. Becky was only going to go so far playing the foil for Charlotte or for Charlotte playing the foil for Becky. Mm-hmm. Rhonda playing the foil for Becky has elevated Becky to a level she would not have been at otherwise. So you don't have to necessarily like Rhonda or her as a performer, mm-hmm. but you certainly have to at least appreciate that her presence has made much a, a huge impact on a performer you do like in Becky Lynch. Oh, certainly. Like I said, I don't hate Rhonda. I just don't enjoy her. <laughs> <laughs> That's the nicest way of saying her. fuck someone I ever heard in my <laughs> life. <laughs> I don't hate her. I just don't fucking like her. Like, I... <laughs> we could go on on this for like the entire rest of the show. But Here's we something are... I think we can both agree on. Okay. Rhonda is better than Nia Jax. Yes, yes. That does not take a whole lot uh, to do. And she's better than Brie Bella, and Brie Bella's been yeah. doing this for years. So, And Brie Bella got a program with Stephanie McMahon, too. So, uh, all right, so let's move on to something that might be a little bit less contentious. And we talked a little bit about NXT call-ups, so let's do this. Of this current crop of four NXT call-ups, who do you think will have the most long-term success on the main roster? Oh boy! Hmm. I mean, they all have they all have their their individual pluses. Uh, I think if we can get Michael Cole to stop calling him Moody, I think Alistair Black might go places because mm-hmm. um, he's got that kind of that kind of background and that character that could work. I think if Chama, Ch- Ch- what the hell was I about to say? If Champa, if Champa can <laughs> uh, can can get back from this uh, this new injury. Uh, of his, I think. Uh, I mean, I've always thought that he was an amazing talent, so I think he could go very far. Um, Ricochet. It's from Paducah, Kentucky. The, from Paducah, Kentucky. He's got the flippity dippities. He just doesn't seem to have much personality right now um, in his promos. So I think if he could, he could work that, and of course Gargano is Gargano. So I think he, if they continue to feud the two of them, then we can do big things. But I think of the four of them, I think probably Alistair Black could go okay. the furthest just because of that that kind of that dark character that he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a, I don't think you can go wrong picking any of these guys. Uh, My wife as, has a crush on Alistair Black. She just wanted you to know well, there that. There you go. Cool. <laughs> um, I don't think you can go wrong picking any of these guys. I think they have all have the potential to be gigantic stars. Um, oh yeah. And, and the thing I said as I as I watched. Uh, SmackDown a couple weeks ago, and I think I mentioned it on on the show, how stark it really was to me when I watched Gargano and Ciampa against the bar, how small those two guys looked standing next to Sheamus and even Cesaro. Um, I do wonder if long-term that is sort of a negative for them, that it wouldn't necessarily be for Ricochet because Ricochet's style lends itself more to him being undersized in that scenario. Um, I mean, if you remember when they were starting... 205 Live, the big, one of the big rumors was that Gargano and Ciampa were going to get called up for 205 Live, and so I think that kind of that that kind of still holds true. And that, like you said, they are smaller guys, so. right? But they were in the Cruiserweight Classic at that point. Yeah. And we, we're also in an era where we're looking at Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania. So uh, <laughs> something something I was watching pointed the other day pointed out that the Cruiserweight Champion is actually less of a Cruiserweight than the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, that's. Uh, Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's another discussion for another time, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, I, I think I could see any one of these guys becoming... I don't see any of them being flops, put it that way. I see them all having mm-hmm. 
sort of mm-hmm. long-term careers on the main roster. <laughs> As opposed to the last group of guys they, they come. Oh, yeah. I don't see a star amongst that group. And I <laughs> actually, I feel probably worse than anything for Nikki Cross because right. her association with Sanity, I think, is not helping her either because they can't get on TV, and now she can't either because she's sort of connected to them. Uh, <sighs> and I do think she has something to offer. I don't think she's going to be main roster, like women's champion as a main focal point for a long run or anything, but I do think she has a lot to offer to the main roster as a female competitor with a with she, a good character that people get behind. So She just wants to play. Yeah, and who doesn't want to play? I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, but yeah, I think of these guys, I you know, Alistair Black's a great choice. I think Ricochet, because he just has that energy and that connection to the crowd because of his style, he's never going to get boring. Um, mm-hmm. but, but we'll see. I mean, I could see a scenario where Alistair Black... And, and I think Aleister Black took a bit of a step back once he started talking in NXT. I think mm-hmm. it took some of the mystery away from the character. Yeah, um, and then the, the the vignettes and the promo on the on the main roster are not helping with that. I yeah. think either. Yeah, exactly. Um, those mysterious characters, it's always better the less they say. I right. I've found. Um, but Ricochet, I think, can find his voice as a promo. And even if he doesn't, like I said this a couple times, Finn Balor is not a great promo either. But his in-ring is so good that it outweighs that. And I think we're living, yeah. we're transitioning now into an era where the in-ring is becoming more important than the promo. Mm-hmm. Whereas for years sure. it was the other way around. So I, I, of those guys, I, you know, Gargano is another one. I mean, you can't knock the in-ring of Gargano or Ciampa. Um, I guess if I had to put money on it, I guess I would say Ricochet. But And he's also the only one that I can think of that can rival Finn Balor for abs. So, <laughs> you know, there is that. It's the it's the new new generation. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're getting uh, we're in the home stretch for our little countdown timer here, Adam. Do you have anything else specifically you want to touch on? Uh, I got a couple things left on my list. Let's right. we can start with this. I think uh, in was it maybe five minutes on last week's NXT, they made the women's tag titles the most interesting titles mm-hmm. in the entire fucking company right now. After after Mania, after we get past the uh, the Lita and Trish thing at Mania, because that's where they're heading, hopefully, uh, Lita and Trish actually do it, and it's not the fucking Bella Twins, um, <laughs> and and hopefully we get past the whole fucking Nia and Tamina thing. Uh, where do you see the women's tag belts going from from there? Like, I think I proposed in one of the rumors that's been around that I really like is is a four corners match at WrestleMania with a representative from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT fighting in like a four corners match i think that would be sort of a cool moment um obviously from nxt it's got to be uh the ass pirates because there's really <laughs> nobody else i mean unless you want to go with the four horsewomen which yeah. i guess would further the horsewomen versus horsewomen angle so it scares me enough that they might consider that for that mm. reason um but no it's got to be the ass pirates and then i don't know mandy and sonya from smackdown and then uh, whoever are they are the iconics or Nia and Tamina from Raw. I, I think we're going to get that type of scenario. I, I'm, I'm there for that. I think that's great. Um, and to your point, it's amazing how special you can make Bailey and Sasha feel at a place like NXT, isn't it? Right. Where, where they've had some character development and the crowd knows who they are and what they're about and they've seen sort of the, the rise and fall and the struggles and the come-ups. And sort of amazing when you actually tell a complete character story, how yeah. the crowd will attach to them, isn't it? No kidding. I do agree with your point, though, that how how much more special that would have been if they hadn't spoiled it with the fucking thumbnail on the network. Uh, they do that all the time. <laughs> like, WWE, if, if you're not watching NXT live, please don't put the biggest fucking angle on the main page of <laughs> WWE.com that I have to go to to launch the network page. Yeah. Please. Fucking killing me with that every week. <laughs> Although now I'm usually watching it live because we're doing NXT Revisited these days. Yeah immediately following the show so it's mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm pretty much live except the next few weeks where i'll be off um but yeah i think, no. I think i'm taking your place on at least one of those we'll see what nice. happens sweet um I, I will leave big big jock straps for you to fill um <laughs> but yeah no and i particularly love the uh the call back to the izzy situation that was sort of funny too <laughs> it was very very well done uh. All right, I'll just let you run through your list because I'll save mine for the uh, the, the big throwdown at the end. Yeah, the only other the only other thing I have on my list is the fact that uh, one of the other big news things this week is that uh, 
Bruce Pritchard is now on creative for WWE. Is this a throwing anything at the wall to see what sticks situation? Uh, well, I talked about it uh, sort of at great length on, on the rundown this week. Uh, I think it's, it's an interesting dichotomy because I think it's good because I think he's a guy that has never been afraid to tell Vince when something's a bad idea. And I think Vince <laughs> needs that. I don't think yeah. Vince has had that in a while. So I think for that reason, it's good. Um, and like I said, watching that Kofi Kingston bit, to me on Raw, that had Pritchard's handprints all over it because it was a case of, all right, this is what the crowd really wants, and we're going to give it to them, but we're going to make them wait and make them yeah. want it even more. Yeah. And that just strikes me as such a Pritchard influence uh, that I think the fact that it happened almost immediately after Pritchard came back is not an yeah. accident. Um, but there is also the part of me that sits there and says, this we're in sort of a, and it's interesting because you host Nitro Mania. We're in sort of that mode where WWE was in right be right what allowed Nitro to sort of take the mantle at the top of the Monday Night Wars, where they got very complacent and they stopped mm-hmm. sort of innovating and doing new things and trying things and being cutting edge. And I sort of feel like that's where we are with WWE right now, and that's what's allowed New Japan and Ring of Honor and and All Elite to sort of take that thing because they're providing something that the WWE isn't providing. And I don't think an older voice from previous generations is necessarily what you need to fight that. Yeah, yeah I'm. I I don't think I don't think it's a necessarily a bad thing. Um, I mean, I haven't listened to Bruce's podcast. I know some people who have who say he's kind of a kind of a suck ass for Vince on the podcast. Uh, I think that's the fact that he has not said anything bad about Vince on the. Something to wrestle with is is one of the reasons that he's back on the. He has mocked Vince endlessly it, on that podcast. Okay, so I, don't know. I mean, he's again, defended I, decisions, yeah. oftentimes because he was a part of those decisions. <laughs> so he's not going to shit on them because it would negatively impact perception of him were yeah. he to shit on them. Poor Conrad's got to got to go find the Undertaker to get the. Uh, well, he's, still, he's still got Bischoff and and, yeah. uh, and Tony Schiavone. I haven't listened to any of those lately. I've got a backlog of them, but um, those three-hour podcasts are a little bit much to see yeah. through. But no, I think I think there's definitely a complacency thing, and I think uh, I mean we I talked like you said we talked about it on Nitromania where the the first live Raw after Hogan turned heel was just another fucking bullshit circus episode of one hour Monday night raw that nobody fucking gave a shit about. With and so DL I think, if, yeah, so I think if, if this can actually, you know, kind of kickstart things into going back into interesting stories that actually don't, you know, keep my attention for three hours on a Monday night, which is very difficult for WWE to do right now, right. especially me with my ADD. Uh, I think that can, that can only be a good thing if you're getting, if you're getting new voices and I think uh, we'll give it a shot. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. It's always good. And, and it's nice to have somebody who has sort of the cachet to tell Stephanie no, too, in creative. Yeah. So that's something that I think's also been missing for a while. Um, as, but, long as, bro- as long as the Brother Love Show doesn't come back. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, that needs to happen. Now that's all I want to see. Um, all right. So I guess if that finishes your list, we're in about, we're worth winning the last 10 minute window here of the show. Uh, so. Last week, off the top of my head, I came up with something we call the Rundown Throwdown, which is where I'm going to run through the rest of the shit on my list, and we'll just sort of free-fall, free-go off of that for the last couple minutes of the show. Starting with, Vince McMahon has been accused of being a racist for years. With that said, should he be the one screwing over the black guy on national television? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you have the first... uh... I mean, there still has not been an, an African-American WWE champion. That's no. bullshit. The Rock is half black. Half. So Fine. the half doesn't count? I always it's hate the, that it's argument. It's half the one. I always hate that. Well, I always hate that fucking argument because it's not like there weren't top champions. Booker T was WWE heavyweight champion and dominated that brand and that title for a very long period of time. Mark Henry was world heavyweight champion. So there have been guys who had top prizes for their respective brand. Just so happens that their respective brand didn't have a particular top title at the time. Doesn't denigrate the fact that they were the top guy on their brand. Yeah. 
No, I'm joking. My, like I said, my biggest my biggest complaint about the Kofi Kingston Kevin Owens thing was that it was the exact same fucking thing that they did with Charlotte right. and Becky. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, fucking Charlotte's promo on SmackDown was fire. I love that it's, shit. It was great. She is so much better as a heel. I've been saying that for years. I'm oh, so much glad. Better. So fucking glad she's getting this run. And uh, oh, here's another one. If you were a person who bought a ticket to Raw expecting to see Ric Flair's 70th birthday party, <laughs> and even after the show went off the air, Ric Flair never appeared in front of the live crowd, how pissed would you be? Would you would you really buy a ticket to Raw just for Ric Flair? In, in Atlanta? Yeah. A lot of people, I'm sure, did. That's, that's horseman country. I guess so. Although I, although I, th- I found it funny that the next night SmackDown was in Charlotte and why they wouldn't have done it there instead, other than the fact that Monday was his actual birthday. But um, yeah, I I was a, I was a big fan of the, of what happened on on Monday. I oh same here because uh, it actually surprised me, which is not something that they do very often anymore. Right. Um. So I think I I'm okay with Batista. I, I would have been okay with it. No, and I'm fine with it. I just sort of think if you're going to build a, an advertising campaign and, and advertise this thing for weeks to the crowd, even after the show's over in a dark segment, just send Rick out and do something for the crowd, you know? But but Jinder got angle slammed through cake. Yeah, so that That's happened. worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. Uh, But yeah, we got way off brand here. So uh, Vince screwing over Kofi, what'd you think? Uh like I said, I uh, looking long term, I, I I like it. Actually, I think I like it in the short term too, because Kevin Owens versus versus Daniel Bryan at Fastlane is gonna be is gonna be great. Yeah, it's it's good to have Kevin Owens back. It's it's kind of weird because he's kind of a face, but he's also kind of a heel the way this is going, and then so I mean we'll see where that goes. But like you said, it's all it's it's the payoff, and so I mean if if if. Kofi Kingston faced Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. Kofi Kingston was not going to win the WWE title. If Kofi Kingston faces Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, which is where it looks like we're going, where everybody seems to think that we're going, if Kofi Kingston faces Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, Kofi Kingston has a very good chance of leaving WrestleMania with the WWE title. And I think that would be fucking amazing. Exactly. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly what should happen. And I'm starting to very much believe that that is what is going to happen. Um. Here's one. I mean, because when they announced Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan at Fastlane, the first thing my brain went to was, well, how will they screw Kofi at Fastlane so that he gets the rematch and wins the title at Mania? Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, we'll see. I mean, the question now is, is it a one-on-one at Mania or is it a triple threat with Owens involved? I guess we'll find right. that out as we right. get through Fastlane. Um, here's an interesting one, and we sort of hinted around this a little bit earlier on some other topics, but... How significantly could a significant injury to Tommaso Ciampa change everything at this point? I'm glad I'm not the only one who can't pronounce Ciampa tonight. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, he's a champion, so that's why I was cha- <laughs> champion. I was sort of. Yeah. You, like you, to, gotta... you like to blend things together name wise. So. <laughs> Just because it pisses you off. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got to feel for the guy. I mean, they, they're finally they get this big opportunity on the main roster now, and he gets. And he gets hurt again according to all the reports and so i mean it's screw it's kind of screws that up it screws up their run towards uh take over new york uh wrestlemania weekend if they were doing the whole gargano versus champa thing for the nxt title uh it's 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 definitely a wrench in the monkey uh, a monkey wrench in the works a wrench in the monkey works we're, we're off on a roll tonight uh so uh and obviously, you don't want anybody to get hurt, especially if it's a neck injury, like people are saying it is, uh, as opposed to the the knee injury that we thought it maybe was when he got squashed by Sheamus on the, in that match on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. So, yeah, and and you feel because obviously we've seen you look no further than Page. Neck injuries can be yeah. have serious serious impact and and long term effects. So you certainly hope it's not anything to that degree or that serious, but. Uh, you know, he's attempting to work through it. I don't think it was that serious of a neck injury. They'd allow him to work through it. Right. I mean, right. we've heard rumors that Sheamus is dealing with spinal stenosis, uh, which is the same thing that Sting had that retired him. Um, Edge too. Yep. But because of the fact that he's sort of in a tag team and he limits his his bumps and stuff, that they, he can sort of work through it. So maybe that'll be the case with Champa. Who knows? I mean, obviously we want the best for Tommaso, uh, but the the level to which that 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 injury would have sort of ripple effects is like you said, sort of astounding uh, when you get down to it. So that's going to bring us to the final question of the throwdown. And one that I think the world wants to know the answer to, (laughs) 
What was Alexa Bliss going to show Finn Balor if he had showed her his abs? <laughs> Adam, what do you think? Oh, boy. There's just so many things that it could have been. You got, uh, you got a little abs for ass play. Wait, did I just say ass play on this show? You Shit. Did. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, they were on, she was on the stage in front of the millions, so it couldn't have been anything too, uh, secure. But all I know is that Leo Rush is the biggest fucking cock block in WWE history. <laughs> I don't know, but it was a humdinger of a tease. That one was for you, Jeff. Um, I, I think, and I've done a lot of thinking about this, and I've done a lot of thinking about the things that Alexa could have shown Finn, and hold on, I might need a minute. All right, anyway. Um, it certainly got Jess Druthers a, a stirrup. Yes, my think that Alexa was going to show Finn her Lego collection. <laughs> and that would have gotten him aroused. All right, with that, we're going to wrap up this edition of The Blender. Adam, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. It was a blast. I mean, I can get aroused by a good Lego collection, so. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, like I said, we've got another few days of voting for this week's polls. They close Thursday night before the rundown proper, which unfortunately I don't know if I'm going to be on this week, but I will be tuned in if I am not. Um, so we encourage you hit rundownwrestling.com, vote on the polls, like the shows, comment on things, go to town on our fucking website, make it your own little <laughs> asshole, just ass play everywhere on that website. Um, but definitely want to thank everybody who's voted. Keep voting every single day and keep it tuned right here to the Rundown Wrestling Feed. And real quick program note, next week we will have no blender as we will not record on Sunday because Fastlane will be going on and we'll be busy <laughs> taking notes on that to bring you our thoughts as the week progresses. So for that, thank you again to Adam. Thank you all for listening. And we will see you. I can't do that. That's I haven't come up with a catchphrase to end this show yet. Mm. Um, um, thanks Blurch. for mi- no, that's yours. Oh shit. So I guess that means we'll uh, we'll say thanks for mixing it up with us. <laughs> no, not good. Hey, well, I'll keep working on it.